That's a terrible call. That is a terrible call. Happy Monday everyone, we're going to start this week off good with some new draft content, but before we do, I just want to start the episode off by saying thanks for all your support during the current pandemic and hope you're all staying safe and well. The draft content's been fun and I hope you find the guests insightful into the prospective players at each position of the draft. I'm learning too, so it's always a good experience. And if you're enjoying the show, I'd really appreciate it if you could take a moment to leave a five-star rating and written review. It helps the podcast out enormously and drives us to keep producing content for you. If you have any suggestions to make to me, feel free to email me or contact me on Twitter. And today, I'm joined by Jake Payting of SB Nation's Canius Hoops. Jake is based in Australia at the moment, so it's getting late for him. So thank you for joining us today, Jay. No worries, man. Thanks for having me. Anytime, man. So... As everybody who's listening knows, we're doing a bit of a draft dive on each team's choices. When I reached out to you the other day, you said you had three players that you would envision the team going with with their pick. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got three here. There's obviously a, a, a few on my big board, but three that I'd, I'd be pretty confident with Minnesota taking. And Tankathon has, in the mock draft that they recently did, has Minnesota picking third? Is that kind of the area you're hoping they fall i mean i'm assuming you hope they fall to third or higher. yeah well well yeah i think i think they're they're like slotted at, at three to be the most likely pick but obviously with the the changes in the in the lottery you know guidelines they could go anywhere from from one to seven so i'm hoping top three but it, yeah it could be anywhere to, up to that's seven. The it's hard to judge right so then you're looking at multiple different types levels of players because after like the fourth or fifth pick, the talent level drops down to the second tier. So have you been looking at both like top five tier and then five through 15 tier? Yeah, yeah. That's, and, and Minnesota have got pick six. So they got Brooklyn's pick. So at the moment, that's 16. So I've kind of anywhere from, yeah, like one to 20 are kind of the players that I've been keeping an eye on. So that helps me. So if we start, we'll look at both sets of picks as well. So um, if we start with the projected third pick, what three guys are you looking into at the moment? Um, I think, I think if, if he falls, Anthony Edwards is probably my pick. I think I'd rather him over kind of um, like Lamelo Ball or, or James Wiseman or, or Obi Toppin. I think uh, Edwards, like, I think he's archetype kind of that, that, um, that wing who can do a bit of everything. Um, pass, score, defend. I think he's probably the most kind of valuable archetype at the moment going around the league. Like your, your Jason Tatum's and Kawhi Leonard's, Jimmy Butler's. Not that I don't think he'll he'll ever get to that level, but I think if, you get, if you're going to swing for the fences with a, a high ceiling kind of player, I think Edwards is is the one I'd want. But he's definitely got some some problems with his game, as I think all of the picks do in this draft. It's a pretty weak draft class compared to others, but. He's definitely one of the guys I can see with the, the easiest, you know, route to start him. Yeah, he flashed some some star level play during the college season. There are things that like I've noted Dan that he's he's a streaky scorer, so he, he's microwave. He gets hot, but when he's cold, then he's he's clanking everything. His defense yeah. leaves a little bit to be desired. He gets flat footed sometimes. He's um rotations wise, he he loses his guy quite regularly. So at the NBA yeah. level where you're being put into pick and rolls and you're having to defend switches, that's a big red flag for him. 
Yeah, I think I think like a lot of his problems are kind of in between the ears. I think, like you said, on on defense, he seems to have a lot of mental lapses. His awareness is pretty bad on the ball. I think he, he's fairly good, and he's got potential to be a pretty good, you know, point of attack defender. But off the ball, he seems to just forget where his guy is, and um, yeah, lose track of of situations a lot, which is pretty concerning. But I think when he when he's on the ball in both offense and defense, I think that's when he's at his best. Yeah, so I've only started diving into these guys recently, so I don't claim to be an expert in any of them. Uh, I have took notes on each of the guys that we're going to be talking about at three, and then you're going to throw me for a curveball when we go down to sixteen. Um, Looking at Edwards, some of the good things he can yeah. do, he can score on all three levels. Um, he's good around the rim. He's good from the mid-range. His three-point shot's quite good too. Great hops. What I like the most about what I've seen so far in the limited amount that I have seen is how he splits the pick-and-roll defense. So he, yeah. can, he can just split the two defenders and get, get away, ready to jam it down in the paint. He doesn't seem to like kicking the ball out, though, which is a, another issue when the defense collapses. Yeah, I think he's definitely got some of that kind of ball hold mentality. I'm not sure if that was because Georgia were, were a pretty bad team or just if that's, you know, his game. But I think, like you said, his ability to split the pick and roll, he's got really good handles, I think, for, for a wing. He's, he's super strong. I think that's the thing that stood out to me straight away. Like, he's 225 pounds, which is really big for, like, a six foot five, six foot six guy. And he, he uses, like, he... He's really athletic along with that. It's not kind of like he's big and slow. He's he's uber athletic and um, handles the rock pretty well. Gets to the rim. He doesn't he doesn't go to the rim as much as I'd like to see him, but he can definitely get there. It's, I think it's just more his shot selection is pretty bad. Does his um, three point shooting worry you? And he's shooting twenty nine twenty nine point four percent on the college year. Uh, I think I'm higher than him on him than a lot of people. I think he. His shooting numbers definitely weren't good, I think, from the field and from three. But he shot. He just shoots so many tough shots. I think if that if a team can reel him in a little bit and get him to just play within an offense, I think he can be a good shooter. He's got good, like, nice form, quite quite a quick jumper. It's consistent. Like his his form doesn't change from shot to shot. Um, I. I buy his stock as a shooter. I just need, I think he needs to learn to shoot better shots. How do you feel about him fitting alongside Dealer? Uh, I think, I think it's a, it's a tough one. I'm not sure he's, he's the best fit kind of in, in the class alongside Towns and Russell. But I think if, if you get, if you're picking a top three, I think he's he's a better fit than Lamelo Ball because Ball's a point guard and Ball obviously needs the hand these the ball in his hands as well. And I think Wiseman is you know a center who obviously he's not going to be as good as Towns straight away or maybe not ever. So I think the fit's not great, but if you're going to, it's kind of a lesser of lesser of three evils. And when we're talking about Towns for a moment, Towns' offense really I kind of picture him as a four on offense and then. A bench player on defense. Um, <laughs> so with Wiseman, you could kind of roll Towns out at the four, or kind of slot him, slot Wiseman in, and go really big down low, which would add you some solid interior defense because that's what Wiseman for me is projecting as is an elite rim protector and roll man. With Kaplan, yeah, I think stretch four. 
Yeah, I think that's that's what a lot of Timberwolves fans seem to be crying out for. But uh, Gerson Roses, the the president of basketball operations, he's stated so many times that he thinks Cats the five, and they want to go quite small in that kind of Houston Houston style, where you just your power forward is a um is pretty much a small forward who can who can defend fours. So I think that's that's the problem. If I'm if it was up to me, I think I I'd think the same. I'd like a a rim protector at the five who can cover Cat's weaknesses, and then Cat can um play the four and and stretch the court as a power forward. But it seems like that's kind of unlikely. So that's the reason why I tend to shy away from from the centers. That's fair enough. Can't argue with that. And just before we move away from Edwards, one thing I did see from him, and again this is in limited film. Um, so I don't claim to claim that this is something he's done all year. But from what I noticed was he likes to shoot the long too, which is something Celtics fans got a lot of from Jason Tatum last season. And once he removed that from his game, as uh, quite considerably, we started to see a better version of Tatum. Are you hoping that Anthony Edwards follows that trajectory and kind of shies away from shooting those long mid-range? Yeah, I think that's the hope. And I think in, the, in today's NBA where kind of every team... Um, is is looking to shoot threes and get to the rim and get to the free throw line. I wouldn't be surprised if he, if that gets coached out of him a little bit. Like you said, I, I think it's a kind of a Tatum style of dilemma where he he can shoot him and he can he can create space really well, but for efficiency reasons, you'd really just rather him be shooting threes there or be trying to get his put his head down and get to the rim. So that pretty much sums us up on Anthony Edwards. So he'd be your ideal pick. If, you, if he's available at number three, he's the first guy you want to go with. Yeah, I think so. Okay. And then we look at the second option, say Anthony, Anthony Edwards goes one or two. Who would you be looking at at the third pick at that point? Uh, this is where it gets hard for me, I think, because I don't, I don't love a lot of guys who are projected to go, you know, in the top six. I'm not a big fan of ball I'm not a huge fan of Wiseman, as we said, for the for positional reasons. And I don't think Obi Toppin will, will be a great NBA player. I think he's one of them players who just was really good in college but doesn't translate very well. So I went with um, Devin Vassell, who I think would be a reach at three. But I think he's a really, really good fit for Minnesota. And it seems to me it's the kind of draft where drafting for fit wouldn't be the worst idea because there's so many just role player you know, potentials rather than stars. I like from I was watching some Devin Vassell yesterday. I got through his offense. I didn't manage to get through his defense. So let's start with the stuff I haven't seen. So on defense, what can you expect from him? Well, I think that I think you've you've missed out there because defense is where he really pops. I think he's he's six foot seven, six ten wingspan, which seems small the wingspan. Like it it's pretty consistent everywhere I look, but he he's one of them players where he, he looks way longer than he is. Um, I think that might be because he's he's only 195 pounds, so he's pretty skinny. But he just does so much with his frame. He's on the ball. He's he's decent on the ball, but he um he kind of slides his feet. He doesn't slide his feet too much sometimes, and um that leaves him behind the eight ball. But off the ball as a team defender, he's just a really really good team defender. What's he like guarding the open court? Is he is he quick enough to keep up with guys in transition? Um, I think guys like uh, shooting guards and small forwards. I think he'll be pretty good in transition. He's he's really long, so he get like he's got really good like reactions. So he he defends the rim really well for a guy who's you know six foot seven. Um, 
that's that's probably one of his one of his biggest strengths. But I think it's it's off ball more in the half court where he can um like dig in and and wreak havoc as a as a pick and roll kind of uh, help defender. He he plays in the passing lanes really well. He's always got his uh, his head on a swivel, and he just seems like one of them players who really takes pride in being the like the defensive stalwart of the team. He's Steals per game is quite reasonable at 1.4 per game. What I did notice from some of the offensive clips I saw was he stunts on guys really well. He uses his length to put the ball free. Mainly on driving lanes, he likes to jump out and catch the ball while players are trying to change play, change pace or change direction. That looks yeah, like something that could project to the NBA quite easily. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that really impressed, impressed me with him and after he stunts in and kind of either, even if he doesn't get a hand on the ball, he, he makes players kind of stop and think about what they're going to do rather than just go through the defense. And then he gets back to his man really quickly. If they kick it out and, and his man's kind of half open, he uses his long legs and his long strides. He gets there really quickly and, and closes out on shooters really well. And I think that's a pretty valuable um, archetype, kind of valuable skill to have in the NBA because Team defense. I think team defenders are more valuable than, than on-the-ball defenders these days. And then looking at his offense, which is what I did manage to see, I saw probably an hour's worth of film on him from multiple games, just offensive possessions-based. I like what he looks like in transition. He looks like he can really get up and down the floor. He can finish off the, off the break. I like what I saw of him pulling out of spot-up spot up plays. Like He can go either side off the spot-up when he decides to dribble out. His jump shot's really good. He's not phased when he's shooting late in the clock. And he liked the biggest thing for me was when the defense closes in on him on the driving lanes, he's not afraid to kick it out to the corners. Yeah, I think I think his playmaking gets underrated a little bit, moves the ball really well, never lets um never lets the ball stick in his hands. And he also, like you said, I think he's a really good shooter. I don't think uh, he only shot three point five threes a game this year, so not really high volume. But he did he did hit over forty percent. He hit over forty percent last season as well. So I think he'll be a really good three and D guy. I think that's I think he projects as like a, a high level three and D kind of player. Yeah, and what shouts three and D to me is how much he struggles coming up playing pick and roll offense. He struggles to create for others. And when the defense commits, once the hedge starts coming his way off the pick and roll, he really starts to panic. He seems to struggle and either force the shot or look to get the ball out of his hands as quick as possible, which speaks to his lack of creation and initiation out of the pick and roll, which definitely places him as a free and D guy at the next level for me. Yeah, I think he, I think he's... He's pretty bad at getting to the rim as well. He's quite he's quite big and long, but he's not a very good ball handler. He doesn't get to the rim very well. He doesn't he doesn't finish through contact very good either. So I don't see him ever being a player who you can kind of stick in the pick and roll and let him loose. But I think as a as a low usage um, three and D guy, even even a pretty high usage um, shooter, but he's not going to run your offense. But I think with his defense as well, you can kind of slot him into most teams. I think that that's the, the thing that's really intriguing about him. If they don't go with Devin Vassell, you had one more guy that you want you would be willing to take at the free. So let's talk about him a little bit. Uh, yeah, my third guy is Tyrese Maxey. So he's uh, from Kentucky. Uh, he's a freshman. I really liked his game. I, I'm not sure kind of how well it will translate at the next level, but I know a lot of guys are pretty high on him. 
he, he's not a not a great shooter, but he's really good in the pick and roll. He ranked uh, 86 percentile as a pick and roll ball handler this season. So that's that's a checked box as a as a pretty small. Well, he's six foot three, 200 pounds. So he's point guard size, but he kind of is one of them guys who's a a shooting guard in, in a point guard's body. But I think he could be a really good combo guard. Yeah, and for me, what I saw from him on defense was. But the one thing that really stuck out to me was the fact that he's a solid on-ball defender, especially once he's out on the perimeter. Yeah, he, he's not. He's one of them guys where you wouldn't expect him to be really good on defense because he's pretty small and he's quite he's quite thin. Um, but I was really impressed by his defense as well, on and off the ball. I think he just does a lot of the little things right. So he won't get beaten a lot. I don't think he's going to be a guy who's ever like all NBA, all, all defense team kind of dude, but he's definitely one of them, one of them players that just does a lot of things pretty well. And that that's all you need really. You can also store the ball at the other level at the other end. I like the way he changes his speed, both on offense and defense. He can control his pace quite well. He can change a gear really quickly, but being able to change gears when you're chasing a guy down also allows you to be able to change direction at a really good rate as well. So it enables him to stay in front of his man on defense and beat his man on offense. Yeah, he's he's really quick, especially his his first step is pretty quick. And like you said, changing directions and stuff. I think he's a really good finisher around the rim as well. He's not going to overpower guys or, or go through big defenders, but he's really shifty. He's got, he loves that little floater. And he's really good at it. And I think that's a pretty valuable skill to have because obviously we've seen players like, like Trey Young and stuff, their floater game really helps them when they when they aren't as good getting to the rim. So I think he could be a pretty decent scorer at the NBA level. How do you feel about his love for the lob pass? Because his accuracy on throwing them is quite bad, but the amount of lobs he throws is extraordinary. Yeah. And it's, it's a strange kind of niche skill to have, isn't it? It's not even a skill, really, because he doesn't do it that well. But it's a strange thing to to fall in love with. But I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a horrible uh, thing to to want to do all the time, just because there's so many lob threats in the NBA and and more athletic guys who can go and get the ball from from a bit higher or a bit further away. But I think he definitely need to work on the accuracy. Another thing that he's doing a lot of is he gets funneled into traffic kind of drive a little bit. He doesn't have that kind of solid base to, to put his shoulder into someone and, and dislodge them. So he kind of just gets fun. Yeah. Like you said, just gets funneled into traffic rather than, than work his way through it. But that's something that I guess will, will come a little bit with, with a bit of strength training and stuff, but it's still, I think a, um, a problem. And for me, the number one talking point about him is his low release point on his jump shots. How do you feel about that? Because it looks like he's releasing from his chin when he shoots, which is a super blockable shot. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't love the form. I think he was he he was a good three point shooter in high school, which obviously a lot of players who don't end up good shooters are. But I think that's a pretty bad indicator that he'll be any good at, as a kind of pull up shooter out of pick and roll. Or, or whatnot, but I think I'm not overly worried about him being a decent catch and shoot guy at the next level. And I think that if he can do that, that's probably enough to to get away with it. But it's not a it's not a great looking form, and it's not something you'd want to shoot, you know, with with guys right in front of you. Max is the guy that seems like he'd fit in the best alongside Delo due to how he can play off ball and how weak he is creating out of ISO. He's not an ISO scorer, which 
is what you're hoping D'Lo is going to be for you, especially in the pick and when the pick and roll kind of doesn't work. So having yeah. a guy like Maxi seems like he's going to be the best fit playing off ball and trying to make those cuts ready for D'Lo if the defense collapses on him. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think even if when you are giving him the ball to kind of be the, the point of attack storer, um, D'Lo is pretty well suited to playing off the ball as well. Obviously, he's, he's an isolation player, but he, he's a good enough shooter to be able to stand somewhere and make catch-and-shoot shots or, or cut and, ma- and make baskets. So I think they'd yin and yang off each other pretty well. I also I could see Maxi being a, a six-man type as well. I think I wouldn't be surprised if that's his his ceiling. Like maybe not his ceiling, but his, his median kind of result is is being a good six-man player who can come off the bench and score and give you give you good enough defense where he's not going to tank your, your team's defense. And this is where you start throwing me curveballs. So just before you do, we're going to head off the break, and then when we come back, we'll look at who you're looking at with the 16th pick. Okay, and we're back. So we've looked at who you'd be looking to pick with the third pick, the projected third pick, sorry. Now, as you mentioned at the top of the show, you also control Brooklyn's pick, which is projected to come, at, come in at 16. Who are the guys you're looking at there? Um, yeah, well, I, I didn't have a, a lot of guys down to talk about, but I do obviously know a few because I've been researching. I think um, Patrick Williams from Florida State, he's Vassell's teammate. I think he'd be a pretty good pick. He's the youngest player projected to be drafted, so he's going to be 18 still when he gets drafted. Um, is he a high floor or high ceiling guy? Uh, high ceiling guy, I think. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if he if he does fizzle out, if he kind of doesn't hit on a lot of things that he's projected to hit on. He could be a guy that fizzles out, but he's a, he's a power forward. He's six foot eight, so he's not overly overly big. He's two twenty five, six foot eleven wingspan, um, but he's kind of that prototypical um, stretch four, I guess. He didn't shoot a high percentage, but he's got a really nice looking stroke. He's, he's really comfortable shooting the three. And then he he's really versatile defensively as well. He's a good rim protector. He's really quick on his feet. He's not, not great on switches because he's a bit slow turning and, and stuff and he doesn't have very quick hips. But uh, I'd be pretty surprised if he wasn't able to to defend the rim and to make good rotations as a help defender and a, and a pick and roll defender as well. So um, I think Williams, he's a really, really high, yeah, like you said, high ceiling and a nice, um, a nice bet at 16, I think. What's his offense like coming off the, is he more of a spot up shooter? Does he like to come off the, come off pin downs? What type of offense could you be looking for? Uh, it's more of a spot-up shooter. I think he'll do a little bit of work as a pick-and-pop shooter as well, but he's also a, a pick-and-roll threat. He's, he's really athletic, so um, a pick-and-roll threat, a, a cutter, someone who can stand on the baseline in that, in that dunker's spot and kind of get drop-off passes and finish around the rim. I think almost like a, yeah, almost like you're, you're rim-running big, but he also has a little bit of a three-point game as well, so I, can, I expect him to shoot shoot threes at a, at a decent percentage on a pretty average volume. And I think that's good enough if you can also protect the rim and, and play a bit of pick-and-roll defense as well. And coming in at 16, you'd expect one of these guys to be able to play spot minutes in the rotation. Do you feel like he could come in and earn some playing time within the first year on the first year with the team? Yeah, I think, I think with Minnesota, especially they're, they're um, pretty shallow at power forward, so... I'd be surprised if he couldn't at least earn minutes off the bench. I'm not sure he's 
old enough or because he came off the bench for Florida State as well. So I'm not sure if he's experienced enough to kind of step into a starter's role. But I think he could definitely play, you know, 15 to 20 minutes in his first year as, as, he, as he learns the ropes in the NBA. And who else do you have if Patrick Williams has gone higher than 16? Uh, there's a few guys I like. Um, Aaron Neesmith. So he's from Vanderbilt. He, yeah, I think I think Neesmith is a guy who he's a really really good shooter. I think if you want to compare him to someone over the last few years, it'd be like a like a Tyler Hero kind of player. Just really good in all all types of shooting, coming off the ball, off pin downs, can shoot spot up threes, can shoot off the dribble. Um, I think he's the guy who I'd look to as a, as that pure shooter. I think in the last few years we've seen that's a pretty a pretty decent type of, type of player to have. He doesn't do much else, which is concerning. He's not a great finisher around the rim, not a very good defender, but it's a pretty weak class. And I think if you can get one guy who does one thing really really well, that might be your best bet at sixteen. What's he like on D? Pretty bad. He he was he was he's a he's a sophomore. He was better last season. Um, he had a stress fracture as his as his injury. So I'm not sure if that was kind of bothering him um, for the season because he definitely seemed to get worse this season on defense. But he either way he was never good. I think he's he's a bit of a, a matador defender, which is concerning and doesn't doesn't do much else except for shoot. But his shooting is really good. Do you feel like you could spot, place him in and get minutes off him and a consistent scoring for it off the bench? Yeah, I think that I think that's the role you want him in. Especially in Minnesota, they they love to shoot threes. I think they were third or fourth in in three point shots attempted this season. They're they're really kind of going that like I said that Houston kind of offense with launch at will. And I think off the bench he, he shot over fifty percent this year. So I think off the bench he could be a player who just who just shoots. If he doesn't do much else, maybe he's never good enough to be a starter. But if you get him off the bench shooting forty percent on, you know, five threes a game, that's that's a pretty valuable player even without the the ancillary kind of um skills. Yeah, I mean that means he's gonna have a long career in the NBA. If you can hit threes off the bench, then you're always gonna find a spot on a team's rotation. Yeah, exactly. So that pretty much covers us. We've got two at 16 and three at three. If you've got one more at 16, I'll be happy to let you discuss that. Uh, I like Kyra Lewis Jr. I'm not sure how well he fits with Minnesota, but he's definitely a player that when I've watched, I thought he's going to be a pretty good player. He's, he, Tangathon has him going at 22, so maybe a bit lower. I know a few, few draft guys that I, I talked to have him a, a bit higher than that, maybe in the late lottery. But he's he's a point guard from Alabama. He's really small. He's six foot three, 165 pounds. But he's one of them, you know, those really small players that just plays bigger than they are. He uh, averaged 17 points a game. He he's a pretty good passer. He gets to the rim really well for a small guy. He's not going to finish through big guys, but his change of speeds, change of directions, the way he the way he kind of um, uses shifty moves to get to the ring and, and finish round defenders is really intriguing to me. And he can pass a little bit too. I think he's someone who would definitely be a good backup point guard at the next level. And would he be your third choice at 16? Yeah, I think, and a distant third as well. I'm not, I'm not sold on anyone kind of outside the lottery in this draft. There's a lot of, everyone I kind of think, well, he could do this, but he also has, you know, this floor that could see him out of the league in five years. I think with Lewis, it's the, it's the size. It's pretty hard to, 
to maintain being a really good player at, at six foot three, 165 pounds. So he's one of them. But as a backup point guard, not a bad pick, I don't think. I'll have to do some diving onto him, especially if you feel like he's being undervalued on Tankathon and he could be a late lottery pick. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if he goes that high, especially for a team that, that's... I think he'd be good on a good team, a team that doesn't need someone who can who can produce straight away, but a backup point guard who can come and play 15, 20 minutes and, and give you a score and punch off the bench, plus a little bit of a little bit of um, playmaking. And he's not a really bad defender. He's not good because his size limits him, but he's definitely someone who tries hard and um, knows what he's doing. So I think that's enough to to help him become yeah a good backup point guard. Sounds like Boston. Yeah, yeah, guys. Yeah, and and we uh, Minnesota had Jordan McLaughlin this year, who came in on a ten day, and then you know played really well, averaged about about fourteen and seven for the last ten games. So um, he's really small as well. So I've kind of had grown a little bit of an affinity towards tiny point guards. I think that might be why I'm, I'm high on Lewis. As a Boston fan, we love our tiny point guards. We had Phil Pressy, <laughs> then Isaiah Thomas, and then. We're probably looking at a little bit of Tremont Waters next season, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, and I think they're the guys who they always get undervalued because of their their size. But if you can store the ball, you can store the ball, and that's always valuable. So thank you for coming on today. Um, it's been really interesting talking with some of your projected picks. I'm going to add them in onto my spreadsheet, one, two, and three on each, and then once we start filling out this big board. Will obviously, if someone picks Edwards at one or two, then your pick will be the sell. And as we go along, we'll pull out this mutt draft. Thank you, um, thank you for coming on, everybody. If you're not familiar with Jake's work, then check him out over at Canius Hoops. That's the SB Nations Minnesota Timberwolves website. How long have you been with them, Jake? Uh, about I think two, two and a half years, three years maybe now. So yeah, it's, it's been a while. So yeah, definitely so head over there and check it out. Yeah, Jake's a yeah. Store I'm part of the furniture. <laughs> Definitely go check him out. Make sure you, um, where can they find you on Twitter to keep up with your work, Jay? Uh, so just at Jake Painting, J-A-K-E-P-A-Y-N-T-I-N-G. And we'll catch you again later in the week with some more draft-related content. I also have a guest coming on this week. I'm not going to say who it is, but I'm looking forward to having a discussion with them. That won't be as draft-based, but it'll be a nice break from all this draft work that we're putting in for you guys. And we'll catch you later in the week.